MasterPod season two. My name is Laura and today's guest is Sam. I'm really excited to have her on the show because today's topic is very close to my heart. My family and I, we love playing card games. Especially during 2020, we spent so many evenings playing card games. And it was actually my mother who has been complaining about the characters on the cards for quite a while now. Why do the regular cards display only stereotypes? And why are all the characters white? And this is where Spielköpfe, roughly translated to playheads, comes in. But before Sam tells you more about this amazing initiative, let's get to know her and her understanding of sustainability a little bit first. Hi, Sam. Welcome to the MasterPods. How are you doing? Hi, Laura. Thank you for inviting me. Nice to be here. Good to have you. Um, I am going to ask you a couple of personal questions, and then we're going to dive into Spielköpfe and um, get to know that a little bit better. But maybe you can give us a short overview over who you are. Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm Sam. Um, I'm studying sustainability, society and environment at the University of Kiel. Actually, before that, I studied physics. Um, wow. So <laughs> a little bit of a shift in my career. And yeah, I think the reason why I founded or co-founded with my two friends, Spielköpfe, is that I want to shape society. And that was actually also my reason for changing my studies from physics to sustainability science, because I think right now it's much more important yeah, to change society and not yeah, evaluate the reasons for climate change, for example, anymore, um, because I think yeah. actually we know enough, but we have to change how we, how we live. And yeah, yeah, that's basically... It, it, it's so good that you studied physics, though. Like that must have given you such an advantage in pursuing a master in sustainability, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, um, yeah, I mean, actually, the studying physics was pretty hard, and I had not that much time to do other things, which annoyed me. But mm -hmm. at the same time, it gave me actually a lot of mathematical understanding, a lot of deep knowledge gaining. So I think there are a lot of also soft skills that I learned through that study. And yeah, yeah I have taken a lot out of it. Yeah. I can't imagine that. And I'm very happy to have someone on the show who also studied something um, regarding sustainability in their in their study title. So, um, I mean, you're an expert. That's what people always say to me when they see that I have something with sustainability in my title. So I'm sure <laughs> your definition of sustainability um, will be very profound. How do you how do you define sustainability for yourself? Yeah, I hope it's profound. I mean, I think it, it's always pretty hard to get a clear definition. And also in sustainability science, we kind of fighting about the right or correct definition. But I think for me, it's basically the four pillars of sustainability. So we have the economic um, sustainability, we have environmental sustainability, we have social sustainability, but last but not, but not least, we have um, also cultural sustainability. And I think that's also the point where we got into these cards because it's also important that people not only live a healthy and not only in a healthy environment, but also can live their creativity or can live with their diversity. And I think that's why I choose this definition of sustainability as the most suitable for me. 
I really like the the addition of the cultural um, pillar because I feel like that that oftentimes gets lost um, mm -hmm. when you talk about sustainability because it's I guess it's also not that tangible um, or you you can't see it in a in a way. Um, do you think it's important to incorporate sustainability in your life? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I study it, so for me, it's a it's a big part in my life. But also um, personally, in my everyday life, um, I think it's important that everyone um, incorporates it and really thinks about what what is the reason why I'm, for example, buying something, or do I really need the things and Yeah, what is triggered by my action? And actually, we all have a responsibility that we can live a good and peaceful life together. So, yeah. yeah. Of course, if you have the possibility, then that then that's always a good way to incorporate sustainability in your life. Yeah. Do you have a top sustainability tip? I think that's difficult because I think it's so manifold or such a mm. manifold topic. So I find it hard to have a top tip. but Yeah, I try to reflect about myself and what makes me really happy and not to consume that much. Obviously, that's also a privilege that I can do that. Um, mm. Yeah, so I think it's, it's hard to have this one top tip. I think everyone has to see what is in his or her possibility to do and then do it. Yeah, that's that's very true. Do you have a favorite resource that you turn to for informing yourself about you know, the massive topic of sustainability? Mm -hmm. mm, I mean, I'm very glad that I have awesome friends who are all in these sustainability bubbles. So I like to talk with them a lot and I learn a lot of um, things from them. Uh, I also hear a lot of podcasts. Um, there's, for example, the German podcast Guy Montag, which is mm -hmm. uh, especially interesting in this um, entrepreneurial mindset thinking. Yeah, and then also social media actually are doing a good job right now, I think. There are a lot of um, sinfluencer, we call it in, yeah. in German, so which means like influencer with a, with a sense for purpose. purpose. Yeah. yeah, so with the purpose, yes. Um, yeah, so it's very different where I am for myself, I would say. Yeah, it's it's really because I mean, when we grew up, probably most of our information we took from newspapers or books. And mm -hmm. now there are all these different platforms. And you can really, you can really have great people to follow. Um, if you if you know who to follow and not only follow, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, fashion people, for example. Fashion people. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. say it. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. My last question about your personal understanding is a little bigger um, and I'm always very interested in what people say but what do you think needs to be done to solve the climate crisis yeah I was actually a little bit afraid about this question because <laughs> I mean that's also the thing we always discuss about in our studies and yeah. I mean there is no clear answer because then we would not have these problems anymore um, no. I personally I see a lot of responsibility um, in our politicians and I think they are kind of failing to do their job um, so I think really they have to act first but actually on the same time of course society and people need to call them to do that mm. so yeah. yeah 
I mean, we always end up with this question, is is it the society, is it the politicians, yeah. is it the companies? And I think we need all of them on board. And I think everyone is kind of aware right now that we need to change something. And yeah. I hope that slowly with every person who is getting more and more involved into sustainability, it's getting a little bit better. But yeah. Yeah, I think it's a really hard question. It is a really hard question. And I mean, that's true. If you could tell me the answer now, (laughs) that would be amazing. Um, But that's, of course, not possible. But I also think that having people in power act according to what we know now and really act upon their promises um, is really important. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we have at least to to like realize the laws we already have. I mean, that would yeah. be, I mean, the minimum and not even that is realized. So I think yeah. there's a lot of work to be done. That's true. And a lot of work that um, initiatives like you are helping not only, you know, solve the climate crisis because you're printing on, what is it, sustainable paper? but Mm -hmm. also to make the world a little bit more sustainable. And um, we just added this question, and I really (laughs) like it. So I don't know if you have grandparents. I don't, but maybe to just like the older generation. How would you explain your job to, let's say, my grandma? Um, Yeah, I mean, that's in our case, I think not that complicated because I mean nearly everyone knows the traditional card game and we just redesign it and make it gender equitable diverse and sustainable so that means that we have not only a queen uh, not only a king sorry um, on the cards would be nice if we have only queens but um, (laughs) no um, that we don't have only um, kings but also queens and actually they are both on the highest position so women and men and also non-binary people are equally able to reach the highest position. Um, But not only we um, drive for gender equality, but also we want to depict um, diverse people, so diverse backgrounds, not only able people, um, also different different, um, religions. Um, Mm -hmm. And last but not least, uh, we obviously also produce according to the highest sustainability standards. So we print on um, recyclable paper, uh, printed in a climate positive way and also packed it plastic free. yeah, I hope that's understandable for your grandma as well. <laughs> no, that I, I'm, I'm sure she, she knows now what, what you're doing. How did you decide to come up with this? Were you playing card games and then you were like, why do we have to look at these faces? Was it like that? Actually, it was exactly that. <laughs> I was I was playing a card game with actually tr- uh, three male friends of mine. And we obviously, I mean, I am white and they were also white. Um and then all of these cards were super stereotypic and yeah, also the king is the highest card. And I was like, what the fuck? I mean, we are living in 2020 this time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I was like, no, I want something which is more modern, which is actually nicer and yeah, represents our society. Yeah, and I think it's so important, especially when you play card games a lot. It really shapes your mind. And um, I took your cards to my close friends, and they have a 10-year-old son, and we played with mm-hmm. them. And, I, you know, you could really see he, him, like, looking at the cards and being like, oh, they look so different. Like, why do they look like this? What is going on here? And if you start doing that, I, I really think it can shape your mind, even unconsciously. Um, yeah. So I think it's really important. 
Yeah, and I think that's the power behind the cards. I mean, you know, a lot of people are asking, why are you doing that? I mean, that's just a super small piece of our society. And I mean, you can do so much other, or so much more yeah. things with more purpose or more impact. Yeah. But we are always like, no, I mean, we everyone knows this game, really. Everyone, every yeah. child plays with it. Yeah. And um, yeah, we need to change the, the small things in our day-to-day -day life. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why it's so important to to only uh, to also shape these these, these things, aspects. little things. Yeah. yeah. I and I, I always get a little annoyed at this question, like why are you focusing on that? Aren't there much bigger <laughs> questions? And you're like, yes, there are. And I mean we can also tackle them, but why can't I also like that's the same thing with the gender sensitive language. Yeah, it's, sure. You know? <laughs> I want to use it. Why Why do you have to be like, oh, that's really your problem? Like, that's the biggest problem we have? Yeah, that's the biggest problem we have. Yeah, and of it's course. also a very privilege to, to say something like this. I mean, um, for some people, it's really a problem. I mean, yeah. a lot of people tell us that they were looking for such a card game for such a long time because they want their children to to see people who have the same skin color like them. And exactly. it's, not a, it's not possible until exactly. they make it possible. Yeah. yeah, representation matters. Yes. Um, so you were playing this card game and then you decided something has to change. What was the next step? How how did Spielköpfe eventually evolve? Um, actually, I just was thinking a lot about it and like had some first ideas, but then it also turned away for a time because, I mean, you are not suddenly do a startup or something like that. No. But then um, I was lucky because I start, started studying the sustainability master um, and we have like a study course where we can or are guided through a kind of a founding process. You don't have to found a company, oh. but you you can if you want. Um, and there are also met Jana and Caro, my two friends and co-founders. And yeah, together we kind of started a journey in this study course. Um, but right now it's obviously much more than just a study project or yeah. we are not even studying anymore in this, in this course. But yeah, then we founded a company we searched for artists to draw the cards we searched for the best production production um, company and yeah was a lot of things to to be done but we somehow made it when you when you look back at these like how when did you find the company found the company um finally we found it i think in 2019 2019 yeah. so yeah. it's been over a year if you look back what has been like the most exciting project or day or thing that happened during during the past year um i think actually when our first crowdfunding campaign was successful and we actually overreached our uh, our target by by far Yeah, and that was super exciting because we we were overwhelmed by so many people who were sharing us, who were buying our products, um, and who really were like, wow, we waited for that for so long, and now you did it, and you did it in a great way, and it was really awesome to see how this can happen. And then yeah. when we got all 
these uh, card decks and had to send it to all of these people. That was really yeah. amazing. Yeah. I can't imagine when you have something in your hands that's mm -hmm. tangible and you're like, I made this. Um, yeah. I also really like uh, like the paintings on the cards. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you call them paintings. Can you tell me a little bit more about the artists behind behind these pictures? Yeah, sure. So we work with, I think right now, six um, different artists um, because we also want to have a diversity in our our designing process and do not want to have only one perspective, for example. And I think they are really great and they're doing a great work. And they're also, every one of them is kind of bringing in their own perspective. I mean, we had like a, we, have, we had a roughly idea what we want from mm -hmm. them, but then each of them like interpreted um, our idea in their ways and yeah. also kind of gave us also some new ideas or some some hints what they want to do and or basically they were also pretty much uh, pretty free in what they yeah. uh, what they want to to draw for example we have now um a really uh, beautiful artist who is drawing with their mouth and not with their hands um and yeah and um We just uh, started working uh, with her and she did now, I think, two or three cards. I don't know, two, I think. Um, and they will be uh, in our next printing version. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. The, um, her paintings will, will be included. So, yeah, there's actually also a lot of development in our artists and we sometimes search for new artists um, and also, yeah, want just to represent a great diversity also in our production yeah. process. And and you're really succeeding with that. Um, I think one of my favorite cards is the red-headed queen. Yeah, yeah. I think she kind of reminds me, like, growing up, reading, I don't know, Pippi Longstocking and then... Yeah. <laughs> you're in a card game um so you're you just said that you're working on the cards continuously but is there any upcoming project that you're excited about uh yeah actually um we already nearly finished or actually we finished the design for our english card deck because right now i mean it's, nice. it's mostly in german yeah. yeah and now we also want to launch an english version um, but it's not right, uh, not quite clear when exactly. But I think I, I hope it will happen uh, this year. I mean, mm -hmm. it's much more complicated than just buying your cards in, or selling your cards in Germany because you have to do international marketing and yeah. international trading, and it's super complicated yeah. and super exciting on the same time. Um, yeah, but I think that's the biggest upcoming project. I think. Because I was also wondering when I when I looked at the questions and I tried to translate because in German we have um, like Dame which is lady mm -hmm. and king whereas in English you have queen and king yeah. but they're they're not the same like number uh, or the same um, what's it called they're not worth the same yeah they're not worth the same so so it's already a little different in English but um, I'm excited to see that card deck and that's going to be a great gift for my English friends then. I'm going to be a good customer for yours. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so you're writing your master thesis right now. Are you writing on anything um, concerning Spielköpfe or is it a completely different topic? It's not completely different. I think uh, I write about a an, an gender topic, actually about menstruation, but not um, 
on Spielköpfe in particular, but mm -hmm. Jana is doing um, it on Spielköpfe, or mostly on, uh, on Spielköpfe. When are you guys going to be finished with your master's? Uh, good question. <laughs> um, probably not a question yeah. I should ask. No, um, <laughs> no I plan to finish in June or July, and I think the other two are approximately at the same. Okay, and then it's just going to be working with uh, Spielköpfe. Yeah, I mean, it's not uh, super clear for all of us right now. I mean, we we actually want to continue with this project for sure, but it's also a question on how we can finance ourselves, um, yeah. especially if the three of us really want to do it full time. Yeah. Um, but we are applying for some founding um, opportunities. Um, but we could also imagine, for example, to have like a part-time job in another company or in politics mm. or something yeah. else and do Spielkopfel part-time, but we definitely yeah. will continue with it. Yeah, it sounds like your roommates are playing cards right now. Yeah, probably <laughs> they are. Actually, we all uh, the, the three of us, we all live together and there's no always way. a lot oh, of fun in the flat. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, that's a question I actually wanted to ask later, but now it fits so well. What is your favorite card game? Um, I'm not sure if the English translation is correct, but uh, Doublehead or Doppelkopf in German. Doppelkopf, okay, yeah. yeah. But uh, that was actually my pandemic goal to finally learn um, Schafkopf. Uh, ah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I call that in English. Um, but oh, I got, I started playing with my mom and her partner and like a, a fourth person because you need to be four people. And then I left for two weeks and now they just replaced me with like oh, no. a couple <laughs> they know. And now they're really good. And I, I still am like, when, what is the, what are the <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah some, some games are really complicated. <laughs> Not that easy. They are. Now, my favorite game is, um, it's called Shithead. It's like the ah. easiest game ever. Yeah, it's really and easy. And knows how to do it, and it's so fun. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I also like that, yeah. That's uh, so simple. Um, I mean, the, the gaming industry uh, has been adapting quite a lot over the recent years. Like, if you even think about how dolls now don't look like blonde and thin and everything. Um, do you see how the industry in general is adapting to the trend of sustainability and uh, especially in regards to card games? I think in, in card games, there's really a lack in transformation because I think, especially in, in terms of environmental issues, I think there's not a lot of pressure um, on the companies because I think mm. somehow the awareness of consumers is lacking. For example, I mean, everyone is buying um, recyclable paper with, when mm. you want to have normal printing paper, but when it comes to card games, actually nobody is caring. Or yeah. I have the feeling nobody is caring. So I feel like there's really some pressure missing mm, in terms of these more diversity and gender equitable um, issues. I think there is... There is a movement for sure and it's starting and we have all of these gender equitable books or, or yeah. books for children and also the dolls you, you mentioned, but I think it's actually only at the beginning. And yeah. I think if you go in a normal bookstore, the most books are not gender equitable and it's actually like everything in red for girls and in blue for boys. Yeah, yeah. And you are like, okay, what are we talking about here? And uh, it's still in normal bookstores. Um, yeah. 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 So I think the movement is somehow there, but it's really only at the beginning and we need to continue 
to to yeah. to raise awareness to these topics. Yeah, I absolutely agree. One of my close friends and former roommates, she's um, she's currently pregnant, and we are like joking mm. how to make this child uh, like feminist child. What is going to be like a feminist? <laughs> start a pack he or she or they get um it's, it's not that easy actually no, like no, think it's, about it yeah um, it's, it's really hard i guess for parents who are aware of that it's not easy no totally no yeah so good luck to all the parents out there <laughs> trying to be as good as possible yeah. um my last question is if you have any tips for someone who is starting out or who wants to start out a job with sustainability It's actually a good question because I think for people who are already um, in the sustainability bubble, it's not that complicated because we have a lot of ideas what we can do and we know a lot of pe uh, lot of people who are working in this direction. But I think if you are not studying sustainability, it might look really hard to get a job in this direction. Mm then I would recommend really look at the right platforms. There are a lot of like green job platforms. Mm -hmm. um, also connect with people. I think, for example, there are a lot of also sustainability events where you can um, now um, go also online with um, or where you can visit them online and connect yourself with people. Also on, um, on LinkedIn, I think there's a great, great opportunity to meet people who are um, – minded in a similar way um yeah. yeah i think yeah the community is actually if you are in the community i think you feel like the community is really huge and everyone is super um supporting each other and everyone is absolutely awesome yeah. but i yeah. think you have first to meet the right people or to meet the I, right i think so as well and i mean the the community is also not as big as you think it is when you're in the community yeah, like i true. always realize that when I talk to my friends and we're all on the same page and we read similar books and we're like, yeah, this is right. This is wrong. Or this is like, I, I thought about this. And then you talk to other people and they're like, well, actually I focus on completely different things. And I think mm -hmm. other, other not sustainability topics are what I mostly consume or think about. And, yeah. um, and I think that's actually the majority of people, unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yes. Yeah. But I think actually, if you really are interested in sustainability, then it's easy to enter the bubble as well. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's not like an exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. No, that's true. But the network is definitely very important. Um, Especially as, as a woman, I would say. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, men network quite well. And I think women yeah. have kind of maybe not to learn it, but to, to focus on it. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I was talking to um, another girl I I interviewed last week. And in the end, like after we uh, finished the conversation, we kind of turned off um, the chat and we were just like, okay, well, next time, you know, if you're looking for someone in that direction, keep me in mind. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And after that, I was like, oh, this is what men feel when they play golf. And they're yeah. like, you know, you have a job for me? Sure. Come by my office next week. <laughs> yeah. I think often it's, uh, yeah, this is how it often works. And yeah. Yeah. And this is what we should do as well. Yeah, um, definitely. Thank you so much for coming on the Masterpods. Is there anything that I didn't ask you? Oh, no, I think you did a quite good job. And I'm super thankful to be here or to have the chance to be here. Yes, thank you for coming on. I think your initiative is great. As I said before, you know, it's like my um, birthday gift now for the next two <laughs> years. <laughs> awesome. Um, and 
uh, good luck with everything and say hi to the other co-founders. Yeah, I will. Uh, good luck for your podcast as well. I really appreciate it and have a good afternoon. Bye. Thank you. Bye. This podcast was produced by Laura Messner, Reggie Gradin, and Olivia Hostang. The episode was hosted and edited by Laura Messner. A big thanks to today's guest, Samantha Schwiekert, for telling us about Spielköpfe. And of course, thank you to Jacob Rosin for providing us the music. A final shout out to Kelsey Medina, who's been working on our Instagram and LinkedIn presence and whose birthday it was this week. So happy belated birthday, Kelsey. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn at The Masterpods. We post new episodes every Wednesday. 